Welcome NEC fans and thank you for joining us as we recognize our student athletes and the diversity, equity and inclusion within our conference. My name is Adrian Barajas and I'm the communications assistant at the NEC. I would like to thank the three student athletes for joining us today and offering to share their ideas and experiences around identity, allyship and unity. Let's start by going around and introducing ourselves, sharing our name, school, sport and any additional identities. Uh, my name is Paige McNeil. I go to Sacred Heart University. I'm on the women's ice hockey team. Thank you, Paige. Uh, my name is Jay Karan. I'm from India. Um, I go to Wagner uh, College out in Staten Island. I'm on the men's tennis team. Um, yeah. Hi, my name is Julian Quarasima. I'm on the men's soccer team at Long Island University. Awesome. Thanks again, guys, for joining us. Um, let's, let's open up this discussion. So I want to start this off by asking you guys a question. Um, can anybody in their own words uh, try to define what intersectionality means, intersectional identity specifically? Any rough ideas too? It doesn't have to be exact. What might intersectional identities mean to you? Uh, for me, intersectionality uh, in my brain means coming together between multiple kind of identifiers. So whether that's gender identity or racial identity or sexual orientation, that kind of thing. So coming together to create kind of your overall like one identity that you use. Awesome, no, that's a great answer. So um, it's, yeah, so if you were looking for a more narrow or uh, specific, like a uh, specific definition, uh, intersectionality is the interconnected nature of social categorization. And this regard, this is regarding like create, what this does is it creates overlapping discrimination and disadvantages. So that leads into our next question. Um, what are some factors of the intersecting identities that each individual can relate to? And Julian went ahead and mentioned a couple. Can we name a couple others? I mean, cultural backgrounds, maybe, um, you know, like for, as you said, race, gender, cultures, uh, where you're from mostly. Um, yeah, that's all I have, I think. Yeah. Paige, do you have any uh, that you would like to add or do you think we hit them all? I think those are kind of the huge main ones and like a lot of the ones like most people find comfort in like finding other people that also identify with that and like exactly. finding a little group they can fit in with. Yep. Yeah, and just to mention some other ones that um that we that we missed, you know, some uh sexual identity, sexual expression, religious beliefs. And this is not even there's not even a a, a defined list. This is go this is beyond it's still um people are coming uh have other ways of identifying themselves you know, um, in all types of aspects. So this, um, this next question, why is it important to embrace all of our intersecting identities? Do you feel that some identities are stronger than others and can this change? And feel free as you're explaining to uh, refer to your own identities if you're comfortable with that. I think, I think sorry. No, you can go. <laughs> I, know, I don't think it's anything like stronger one the other. I feel like whoever is comfortable in their own skin is what it is. Um, I don't think like one can be superior than anything else. It's just every single individual being as comfortable as possible doing the things that they love. Um, but yeah, I don't... <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, does anybody want to branch off of that? I agree with that, but I also think like certain ones within yourself can be stronger than like the next so if you have ones you more like you find more important to yourself like you can find more friends or like more teammates or whoever you're around that can also like 
connect and agree with that and they can like you guys can create like a better bond based off of that and how you guys can both like relate to that yeah for sure um do you think um things like environment can can bring out um like a different type of identity or, or an identity have a stronger presence because of, of a change of environment would you say you act the same at school as you do at your home i think environment is a huge role personally uh like i say like i said i go to sacred heart which is in connecticut but i'm from minnesota so mm -hmm. it's completely different being at school compared to at home and like being around the people i grew up with and like my family and then being around like all new different like things out in new england so it's like a completely different change of pace so i think i'm like a little different and like i feel like more myself when i'm at school compared to when i'm at home nice thank you for sharing julian do you have anything uh that you'd like to input to sure i love what Paige said about uh the strongest identifier being different for each people um you know i'm a straight white man and i think that i you know, don't identify with any of those super strongly. Um, but I know a lot of people have a lot of like deep rooted culture that they identify either with their race or or, or with other aspects of their intersectionality. Um, and so I think like creating a culture uh, amongst different cultures is something that's like really valuable for me and really strong taking different backgrounds and stuff and uniting to make like a new culture, like within a team, for example, is super important for me. Awesome, great answer, I like that. Um... Which identity do you guys feel shapes your story the strongest? And to someone like Jay, who may not feel that he has a specific um, identity that represents him the strongest, you know, you feel free to right, share you how you like how identity, you, like um, identity. So, like, like for example, I I'm I'm a like I'm a I'm a straight male. Um, I'm half Mexican. I'm Mexican American uh uh i'm a like i'm a you know you can relate just any type of identity I'm, I'm you know if you can go as far as like you know i'm a like you said you're from uh india correct yeah and then and then you can go into like your family background like how you identify and how you present yourself every single day is basically um what i'm trying like what what aspect of your identities shapes you the strongest and shapes your story the strongest to the to this day that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I mean, like, as you said, I'm like, I'm from India, and it's a quite a religious country and everything. And I've been following my religious ever since I like, but my, my whole high school life was in France, and I've had like a whole broader uh, outlook at the world. So I was like, I like being able to stick to your roots at the same time when you're traveling all around the world, and especially coming to a university where as Paige said about the environment, which is really true, and how it shapes us. But I feel it's really important to be stuck to where you're from, too. And I think that really shows my identity as just like as a human being and an athlete, like no matter what I do outside and how I present myself outside, when I come back, I'm always um, sticking back to my roots from home. Uh, being religion, one of the biggest things I feel um, uh, is one of the biggest identities I have compared to my other teammates or my friends, uh, which everyone respects gladly, thankfully. And um, um, yeah. Awesome. No, that's that a great answer, Jay. Thank you for sharing. Um, Julian or uh, Paige? I think me as well. Like, I know um, being from Minnesota has been a very different pace than being, at, like, from around here. But I think, like, 
I keep that with me for like a good chunk of the stuff I'm doing, but I take like the new experiences that come from being out at school and like finally being in a new environment for like the first time in a long time and like being able to see everything on my own and like learning from experiences and going through new things that may make me super uncomfortable, but like that's helping me grow into the person I'm supposed to be. So I think like my, where I'm from and my environment is like a huge thing playing a role into how like, I'm ending up as like a, a person in general. That's awesome. Thank you. Foundation, you know, like how from where we come out from our high school or where we go out from after we were born or from our parents' house, I think that's like a foundation of how we end up becoming later, especially when it comes down to um, like when we go to college, we meet people from all around the world, all around the state, the country and everything. And then that, that just helps us understand better about how the world works and um, different identities for example and yeah. it just like makes you helps you grow as Pate said which is exactly right absolutely Julian how, how uh which identity do you feel shapes your story the strongest um I'm a very privileged individual um and I would say probably I'll, I'll say two so my my male privilege and my white privilege shaped me a lot um and then especially like coming to college like seeing uh, mostly among my team, how my white privilege is kind of something that I overlooked for a long time. And so like examining my own privilege and trying to um, check my own behaviors and speak out about um, topics of privilege and acknowledging that uh, in my day-to-day -day life has been something that like when I've gotten here to LIU is something that I've looked at a lot more than maybe I did when I was in high school and maybe a little bit more sheltered. Um, and so to be able to kind of examine that and then speak about it um, in the role that I'm in now, uh, is something that like I, I'm very passionate about, something that I look forward to continue to do in my work moving forward. And it's and it's not always an easy thing to have that like third perspective on yourself or to be fully aware of, you know, the advantages or like the givens that we that we're born with sometimes. And, and we're always quick to understand what what we don't have. So that's an amazing like kudos to you. That's very impressive that um that you're self-aware like that. Great, great, great answer. Um, which of your identities uh, would you want to learn more about? Um, how can you gain this better understanding? I think Paige kind of hinted at it by throwing herself into uncomfortable situations, but I would love to hear um, some other ways that we can learn more about the identities we want to explore or that we maybe don't um, show everybody. I mean, I feel like the best way to like know other people's identities to just as of course, as Paige said, uh, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and like just try to explore other things and like be open to, it. you know, you, if you want to try or, you know, want to open yourself to different identities or you want to know if you want to even just explore yourself or anything, you just got to be open minded or just not be so closed off towards any kind of change, be it small or big. And Jay, to someone who is closed off, what what advice would you give them to be a little bit more um, daring or more open-minded or to to be more vulnerable about certain things you got to start small of course when you're starting yeah. off for, like for example when i first went out when i left home india when i was i was i was about 14 15 when i left india i went to france and it was a whole new world and there was a completely different culture about and it was all international kids and it was kind of scary in the beginning and i was not so sure about how I would fit in compared to how I like from where I came out from like being so closed off with families and everything and then coming out well yourself it's different so I was like I started off slow just making you got to make friends from different place with friends of course that actually understand where you're coming from 
and be open to what they what they do in their lives and try to explore their their situations or their um, day to day stuff and just try to be open. You know? Yeah. No. Awesome. That would be that's great advice. Um, Paige or Julian. I agree with that. Um, one thing that is like change in general is really hard for me like because change is like really scary because once you get used to certain things you get really comfortable in the situation you're in but when you get comfortable you like forget that you can grow more in like relationships or who you are or like in your profession and so I think one thing that has been huge for me is like saying yes to the little things I normally wouldn't like if my friends want to go do something where I'd be like oh, I really don't like that I normally don't do that but like I might have like it's not going to hurt me I'm with my friends like I can experience new things like I'm almost 1300 miles away from home like I might as well try something new and then I can take those experiences back with me when I go home and like explain how I went through new different changes and how like yes it was scary but how it helped me grow as a person yeah no it's like this uh idea of trying to be comfortable uncomfortable you know trying to train your brain to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations because we want to you know, being that one place the whole time, because we know it's so familiar. But then when it's time to push, you know, we're scared, but that's when we really grow. It's a great answer. Thank you. Absolutely. I love what Paige said. I have a quote, um, I have like a little, little uh, post-it note book of, of quotes. And one of my favorites is complacency is the enemy of improvement and success. So like, like, like she said, like creating that uncomfortable space where we can create change and improvement is like so essential. Um, and then, you know, continue to have these uncomfortable conversations, you know, uh, in our roles, like public speaking is already uncomfortable. And then having these conversations, even behind closed doors, can be uncomfortable. So it's yeah. kind of like tenfold, uh, you know, so presenting on these kinds of issues um, is uncomfortable, definitely for us. It also can be uncomfortable for the people we're speaking to and with. Um, but just allowing that space to be uncomfortable and, you know, just trying to accommodate everybody um, to be as comfortable as you can be within that kind of uncomfortable new space. Uh, is something that obviously like will lead to improvement and hopefully you know spark some good change. Awesome. And this will be the last question um, regarding our identity. So uh, what are some ways that we can overcome confrontation with discrimination? How should the victim respond? I feel like that's like a really tricky one because like obviously each person is going to respond differently to that. Like some people don't like confrontation at all. And so right. obviously they're just going to let it slide, let it go right off their back. But other people like are more prone to standing up for each, like themselves or like someone else or their friends. So I feel like that's kind of a tricky situation because it depends on who you are. And I feel like no matter what way, like however the victim responds is the right way they respond because that's just who they are as a person. No, and there is no... Uh definite answer to any of these questions that's that's it's you're 100 right in what you're saying like people are they experience um you know rejection and acceptance we all experience it differently so that's a 100 correct answer in my opinion and i'm sure we're gonna have some other correct answers um from julian and jay thank you for sharing Paige. yeah of course uh yeah it's true it's always tricky i know for me when i see something like that i tend to get really angry and try and like confront it head on right away uh my roommate freshman year was from senegal in west africa and we were out one time i tell this story sometimes and he was in a store looking at like a very cheap t-shirt like on sale and a woman who worked there came and asked him if he had money to buy it i was so angry at what do you mean by that like really getting very upset with this worker and he was kind of like oh it's okay 
you know, and so there's other avenues like, you know, reporting it to higher, higher officials in the university or within the space there. Um, there is sort of like the, the less aggressive approach to me, which is just to have a conversation and say, oh, you know, like that kind of offends me when that happens or, or that's, you know, that makes me feel this way. And, you know, if you have that established relationship where you're comfortable enough to say, hey, I don't think you meant it like this, but this is how that makes me feel. And then this is how maybe you could address me in the future differently. So that's a much more mature response than what I would typically go for sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, obviously it's, it's difficult within the space. And, um, you know, as someone who's is very rarely, if ever, a, a victim of something like that, um, it's a little foreign for my brain to respond. Um, and so obviously it'll depend on the individual and situation, but you know, hopefully there can be a solution where it's not only informative and collaborative, but also kind of can come to, to a mutual agreement where, you know, in the future behaviors can improve. Yeah, thank you. Adding on to both of them, like, I feel like for me, it's happened, it's like more than me seeing it happen to others, it's mostly happened to me, like just going around around on the street or just um, anywhere, like it's happened for years and it, it happens like every now and then it never it barely stops. And so as he said, as Julian said, like he reacted for his friend, but then at the same time when it happens to someone, I feel like them reacting to something like this is more scarier. Cause like, if, for example, if I react for someone do say something to me and everything, and then if it becomes like a whole scene, just for example, and I feel like it always comes down when it, it always comes down to like his words against mine kind of thing, or, you know, it's just, it's, it's really controversial when it comes to that kind of thing. And I, that's the reason I feel like a lot of times the people who get, who are victims, for example, tend to be quiet, even though they know they can react better or they can, you know, do anything differently. I feel that just the victims most of the times is going to keep quiet because they're harsher um, prosecutions for a person. Like if we get in trouble compared to another person who's just normal, you know, or, or uh, other repercussions for them is just different compared to it comes down to us, I feel. Okay, yeah, thanks for sharing. I mean, um, even sharing that, like, this is something that happens to you more on a regular basis than maybe the next individual. Uh, you know, as someone, you know, it's, it's, I, I love the ideas that you bring up because, like, as people who do support you, we're always so quick to want to help. Whereas sometimes, like you're saying, like, you know, we kind of, it's, it's almost better as the, the people who are your ally to wait to see how you're responding to show and then show support based on how you're responding. If you're keeping quiet, we can walk away together in silence. And if you start to get a little agitated, we can get agitated together. <laughs> but um, it's like a bad kind of thing. <laughs> but no, yeah. And thank you for sharing. I mean, this, this it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to um, confront uh, discrimination or to see it happen, you know, to, to, to people that you truly care about. Thank you guys for um, sharing that. That is awesome. So strength and unity. Um, what kind of changes would you guys like to see to further unify the student body with the administrators of your school? Um, I feel like if the, as diverse as how all the teams are, like with their players and with all the coaching staffs and everything, I feel if the administration was as diverse as us, that helps, I think. Because uh, I feel like more people, I mean, of course, they're understanding and they're more, they they're open to all kinds of changes and their understanding of all everyone's uh, identities uh, different and you no matter what it is religion race and no matter what uh, but more more people that we can connect to or something like that would be much um, I wouldn't say easier it's just I feel it's more comfortable you know 
making it, I don't know if safer space is the right word, just like easier to go to talk to about anything you need or right. uh, whatever makes you more like grow as a person and an athlete, of course. Yeah, thanks. Yes, um, let's go. Not to open like a crazy can of worms, but um, for my school's administration, um, I'd say that the lower levels of, of employees at, at, at my school are fairly diverse, but in positions of power, maybe it gets less diverse as you go up the chain, unfortunately. I think in terms of athletics, uh, it varies team to team, of course, but I think we're a fairly diverse athletic department in terms of athletes um, from cultures and race and things like that. But I think the student body as a whole is not reflective of the small sample size of athletics. Um, and so maybe diversifying the general student body might be something that is that is useful for my university. Awesome, thanks. Um, next question. Uh, what does the relationship between the different athletic programs at your school look like on campus? Are they grouped? Or do they mingle fluidly? I mean, uh, since everyone's free, every single team in our university is like really like diverse, like we have like people from everywhere, like all over the countries and everything. So that, like there are a lot of like Spanish players from from Spain, but from in different teams, some play water polo, some play tennis, some play soccer. You know? So I feel like that helps them unite and that helps the teams unite indirectly. You know, see, like if one person from each team with the same culture and background come together, and then their friends from their teams come together and then everybody's friends come together. That's how it works. That's how it usually works with in our college, in our uh, in our spaces. And like we all eat together. We go out. We we go for dinners together. Uh, we chill in, the, in our oval and our yards out there together and study together and everything together as much as possible, depending on classes and everything, of course. But I feel like it's quite um, open and diverse as it could be. And it's always fun. Awesome. Anybody else like to piggyback? Um, ours isn't. I feel like our teams, depending on what team you're on, mesh well together, and some don't. Like, we like our team is close with this one team, but like the men's lacrosse team is close with like men's baseball. So it's just mm -hmm. like we don't really like everybody hangs out, but not like cohesively as a team. So like, there's a good atmosphere for each people to like hang out with each other. But I don't know if there's like times where like all athletics teams are together and like doing something. Is that something you guys would like to see on your campus? Like, yeah, probably a little bit more because I'm guessing most athletes have a lot more in common than we think. And so like, it'd be good to like get together with everybody and stuff. And just for the sake of time, uh, Julian, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the the mic on this next question to start us off. Okay. Uh, could you share a time? Um, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> could you share a time uh, when you were actively working for change within your community? Um, what advice could you offer to to those that are looking to make a change in their community too? Sure, absolutely. Um, I had the honor to be presented with a couple of opportunities to, to do so. So my sophomore year, I was presented through kind of an academic advisor, the opportunity to speak at SUNY Cortland's uh, Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Conference. Uh, I spoke about my own privilege and then my experience being within a team that is so diverse and, and so culturally rich. Um, and so I talked about that kind of shell shock for me and then examining my own privilege through that. So that was incredible. And then last year, I had the opportunity 
to present, well, I held an event actually in coordination with our Black Student Union on campus uh, for Earth Day as kind of an environmental racism, climate justice teaching. So we had a bunch of different speakers present and, and you know, present uh, information on how, you know, environmental racism is prevalent in our society. And in terms of like organizing it, I think like it seems really hard and it is very hard, but you just have to start somewhere and just make small steps, uh, reach out to a support group, have people help you. You can't do anything uh, on your own. You know, that's what I've learned is you strengthen unity, strengthen numbers. So the more people you have collaborating, the better a project is going to be, in my opinion. Um, and so, you know, just to to not be so intimidated, just start somewhere and just keep making improvements every day. Anybody else? Yeah, um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's, it's so much as how Julian said about how for my what I've been doing in my university lately, and we just started out. It's not so much into just inclusion of people's race, or gender, and identities, and everything, but it's mostly what I'm working on. Mostly is try to get um, international uh, athletes help in building their life or career here in the states. Uh, which is not just like basically focused on their sport, but more, like it's going to be fo focused most on their school and their, uh, I mean, their academics and their careers as well as with their sports. And so in our college, we ha um, have this thing called the business societies and brand ambassadors club kind of thing that we've started recently. And uh, our main objective is to help all kinds of students um, being athletes, non-athletes be as included as possible in the process of making a good career in the United States. And um, for the athletes specifically, we're trying to have, have them involved in all kinds of programs and give them like a guideway or like a pathway from their freshman, sophomore year, which I never had because of COVID and everything, um, and just help them see that there's a whole big world out there and how open you need to be for change and be it people, be it in your own workplace or be it how the things that you have to change. For yourself and for the world or how whatever kinds you need to do whatever things you need to do in order to be an all-round student athlete and be a better person when you're when you're graduating out of college awesome thank you and Paige, if you have any final thoughts feel free uh yeah going off of that like being at a small catholic institution it's hard to like initiate change and start something like that and so our group uh it's called Every Heart is Sacred, where we're trying to like really push that, like no matter your background or no matter where you are, like it, you matter, you will need a voice. We're gonna try and push for that. So like, uh, I think we're just starting to like get it off the ground and really run with that. And I think that's gonna be huge for a lot of like students of color with like different sexualities or just stuff like that, where they have an outlet and like they can feel like welcome and on this campus and stuff like that. So I think that's gonna be a really huge thing for Sacred Heart as a whole yeah. and like a lot of other campuses doing the same thing. Awesome, that sounds awesome. I'd love to hear that that's happening on campus. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you NEC fans for watching and recognizing our student athletes and the diversity, equity, and inclusion within our conference. See you next time on the NEC Overtime Pod.